Hello, welcome to another action-packed episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, my, my name is Sergio. I am one of your hosts, your other host, Jeff. He is here with me as well. Um, did I did I mention that it's action-packed, Jeff? Uh, I think you did, yes. Yes, there's so much action. You should get in on this action. Well, you know, if they're if they're following us, they've been following us this long. Pretty sure they're in on that action. That's that's a good point. Why do they why do they call it getting in on this action when you're betting on something? Like why is betting synonymous with the word action? Because because it's, it's 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 exciting. You either can win it all or lose it all. I guess, I guess. it's just the I, action. It's the action. It's hot. Like it's just co-opted the an entire action verb. Like yeah. It's, I don't action. I guess is not a verb. Action is a noun. Look, action can be no, a verb. We know people don't use grammar for crap. So. That's true. That's true. I guess directors yell action as if it's a verb. Word crimes all over the place, man. People still can't figure out the the meaning between uh, you, your, and your. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and we are already way off topic. Jeff, what do we talk about here on the Shellheads podcast? Correct Ninja Turtles grammar, uh, Sergio. <laughs> it's Raphael, not Ralph. Ah, yeah. Ah. It's uh, Michelangelo, not Michelangelo. Funny I'm bit of sure. trivia. I don't it's know. Michelangelo. I don't know if we covered this during our Michelangelo spotlight, but uh, Michelangelo's name originally was Michelangelo, like spelled like the traditional spelling of the name Michael. Oh, that tracks. Yeah, and it, it, which is the wrong spelling of the name Michelangelo. You know. Yeah. And the reason it was misspelled is because Kevin and Peter just didn't know the right spelling. And so he was Michelangelo for ever until uh, Peter Laird decided, you know what, let's make him the right name. Yeah. And changed it to um, Michelangelo, spelled the uh, the old way, the old Greek way. Greek? Mm. Renaissance? Renaissance way? Whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. Again, off to- on topic, but off topic. Jeff, what we, we talk about Ninja Turtles here. We have a lot to talk about this time. Uh, we actually have some news, but before we can talk about news, there is the contractually required segment before it. It's time to see what's in that bodacious box. Ah. I have one thing in my box, Jeff. Okay. I have nothing box. One thing. Turtle related. Uh, it is the Kino and I'm going to say fluffy foot soldier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 festively the, plump. Yes. Yes, he uh, it's a two pack available at your local Walmart stores uh, for the Secret of the Ooze movie, which, of course, is the one Kino's in. And we already got the one Kino that comes with the, the you know, the the motorcycle, which is cool. But this one is him in like foot ninja training gear. Yeah. And I guess they couldn't just sell that as a single pack at Walmart because they just don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. With this with, with this line. And so they bundled him with a foot soldier that is a different sculpt than what they've been selling for like six years now. The sculpt is a bit plumper than the others, which I appreciate as a plump man. Yeah, I mean, that's a brand new it's a brand new mold and stuff. So, yeah, I I, I definitely appreciate that more than the the, the, the re-releases of the. The, the skinny foot soldiers that they've done like 11 times now. So good on them for finally giving me something new to buy. Yeah. Um, the figures are whatever, you know, they look fine. The Kino stuff looks 
exactly like the other Kino in a different outfit. It, 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 they are as good as you would expect a movie figure to be. Yeah. Uh, which, I, as I said, I, I got this from Walmart. I picked it up because they stocked, they, they had them in stock. Uh, our, our Walmart has kind of had the same busted old TMNT one figures for like two years now. Uh, it's like a, like a splinter shredder two pack and maybe a, like Yoshi and Saki two pack. But this week they got all of the, uh, TMNT three two packs in. They also got the, you know, the Kino two pack and they also, what was the last one they got? I think that was it. Yeah. Those are the two that they got in or yeah. the, th- the, I guess it's three sets. I still have not ventured forth to get my, uh, turtles three, uh, two packs yet. Probably, well, hopefully next month. Well, um, they're not flying off the shelves. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, I've, I've been in there a couple of times now, uh, and they still have every single one of them that they had the first time I saw them. That's so good. You, you, you might be in luck. You might be able to wait it out. I mean, it's good that, like, you know, like, we love that movie, but mm-hmm. a lot of other people don't. And I'm like, so thank you for your distaste of that film uh, <laughs> that will allow me in a, in a couple of weeks to go and procure uh, figures from, you know, a movie that I greatly enjoyed. It, uh, that you need to be careful. That sounds like you're counting chickens before the eggs hatch. Let's, um, well, there's no eggs to be found, Sergio, because it's, you know, they're, they're, it's on a, it's a, it's a scarcity right now. No, that's, um, that's true. The South is closed, y'all. Yeah, it's all closed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for context, for people listening two years from now, uh, we're currently going through a, a light snow, not a snowstorm, but like a winter ice, storm. Ice mini storm. Ice poc- I, mini ice apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been like 20 degrees here. And if you've ever been to Mississippi, you know that we completely shut down. Schools close, come to a complete standstill if it gets kind of cold. It's currently, what, 11 degrees? Um, Yeah, it's not that bad. It's like, that's the thing. It's just cold. There's not even any ice on the streets right now. Yeah. No, it's I 17 driving degrees right now. Yeah. I was driving on them. They're fine. Yeah, as long as, as, long as there's no wind, you're good. And, yeah, and rain, cool. you're good. Tell that to people living in Chicago right now, where it's Ooh, like man, negative I, 12 or negative 23. Look, I, and they have I, eight inches of snow. I feel for everybody that that lives up north. Uh, you know, uh, I secretly I've always wanted to just like live in a small mountain town. You know, uh, like something out of Resident Alien. It's just something about it that just appeals to me. But then. See all the snow and the hardships. I'm just like, you know what? That's just not for me. I'm gonna I visit. Di- I dig snow. I dig ice. I kind of, I kind of like all of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Just it's, it's, it is annoying, but I do kind of like it. But we're getting way off topic. That's not what in, what's in my box. The only thing that was in my box was that two pack, which means we can move on to the much more important segment, and that is what Jeff. And now it's time for secret of the news. Oh. After quite a drought, uh, we finally have some juicy, just just top shelf news today, Jeff. Indeed. Uh, most of it coming out of the IDW department. Uh, but there are some uh, other small things that I want to kind of spout off real quick before we do that. Um, first up, in the Mutant Mayhem department, Mutant Mayhem was nominated for six Annie Awards. Can Without looking it up, can you tell me what an Annie Award celebrates? The animation industry. Is is that true? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Was I supposed to know that? Well, maybe. I mean, you know, uh, I'm just going to read uh, the description verbatim. Uh, the Annie Awards are accolades uh, which the Los Angeles branch of the International Animated Film Association has presented each year since 1972 to recognize the excellence in animation shown in America, American cinema and television. Interesting. I don't know why I thought it had something to do with like kids programming. Like I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was like kids programming that enriches the lives of children is what I thought it was. Yeah. They really don't like, they don't really broadcast it. Like I don't, they don't make it a big deal. Like the golden globes or the Emmys or the Academy Awards, you know, Grammys and blah, 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 blah. Um, but you know, if you go to, uh, annieawards.org you can see all the nominations and stuff that's up it's, it's a nice uh nice little uh um deal and it's like yeah so so turtles is up for best feature so you've got uh going up against studio ghibli which uh the boy and the heron which is hayao miyazaki uh going up against spider-man across the spider-verse um and a couple of others i've never heard of um <laughs> So, um, um, I don't see it beating across the spider verse or a, um, or a studio Ghibli film. Yeah. Like maybe one of the more technical and so that it might, I could see it winning best music. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe even best production design because it's such, it's such a very specific art style. Yeah. But best feature, I don't know. Best writing. I don't know. Uh, best editorial. I don't know what that means, but yeah, it, like this isn't me complaining about the movie. It's just when you're up against across the Spider Verse for best feature, you're probably going to lose. Yeah, that that's that's just kind of the world we live in. Uh, next piece of news. Uh, we're not hitting the big stuff yet. Also from the mutant mayhem department, Tales of the TMNT has been delayed until Q3. Yep, I'm still it, working what, on it. Yeah, it wasn't announced as a delay. It's just kind of the, the the release date was just changed. It's not like they said, hey, we're delaying it. It's just changed. So instead of Q2, it's now Q3. We don't we're not given a reason for it. Uh, I have my suspicions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to talk about them on the podcast. Hmm. Um, they are directly related to Nicholas Cantu. And ah, yeah, we will yeah. I, will. I will let our listeners figured out why that would be a thing on their own. That's for them to figure out. But um, yeah, it's delayed till Q3, which I'm fine with. You know, it's, it's, we're guaranteed two seasons of it regardless. So get it done when you get it done. Yeah. I hope it's good. Um, Before we hit the IDW stuff, what is this weird page Turco news that you just, that we just learned like 15 minutes ago? So there was a uh, podcast called uh, Turtle Tracks, and uh, podcast. What's a podcast? Uh, yeah, uh, he's a Ghostbuster. Um, so they were interviewing her, um, and apparently she was secretly engaged to Kevin Eastman for a while. Yeah, like. Like not during the filming of the the Turtles two and three, but after. Yeah. Th- so Paige Turco, April O'Neil from the second two Ninja Turtles movies, was secretly engaged to Kevin Eastman. 
I mean, this is kind of huge news. Yeah, yeah. And in the you interview, know. she 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 states that this is the first time she's ever made it public that that was a thing. She had nothing but nice things to say, and just said it didn't yeah. work out. You know, it's like there yeah. wasn't fighting. You know, we had fun. It was a it's a great time. He's a lovely human being. I think is what she said. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. wild. This is this is a, a wild revelation to me. Yeah, not that it matters in Ninja Turtle world. Like this is very much People Magazine nonsense, but. Think it. Look at it this way. Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird kind of designed the April character to look like Kevin Eastman's like then girlfriend. Yeah. And then they then Paige Turco got cast as April and then he in, got engaged. What? <laughs> to Paige Turco? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's 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 crazy news. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's not entirely far-fetched, you know, but it's like one of those things where, you know, if she's, you know, she's not really, uh, she started doing conventions uh, recently. I've, I've seen some uh, rumblings on her socials. Um, so, you know, if you're not, if you're not in the spotlight a lot, and then you're kind of like, you know, slowly getting out there, um, and to a lot of people, you know, and like you know, I could understand if it was like something that it was bad or whatever, but it's like nothing like you know, it was it was very sweet what she said. You know, this was this was just kind of like the world's kind of like messed up right now, and something sweet like this is just you know, it's nice, it's nice, it's nice to know. Um, it's a shame it didn't work out, but you know, uh, here we are, and you know, hopefully yeah, she'll yeah. do more cons and we can meet the other april because we've already met one or at least i've met one that's true can't, you did can't, can't remember if you met her or not but uh, i did not so bad shellhead bad yeah, shellhead that's fine i'm not into yeah. that i'm not into that kind of stuff anymore. yeah i know you're freaking weird about all that stuff not, oh here give me money and i'll shake your hand oh Hey, she gave me more than a handshake. She gave me a hug and autograph and all that other good stuff. And I was like, even creepier. Hey, shut up. I didn't ask her for one. (laughs) I didn't ask her for one. Uh, Yeah. There's a reason I don't, I don't, I don't go to cons um, that often. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's some weird news, but let's get to the big news. So the IDW news that we're going to talk about kind of rolled out in three different, three different steps or actually four. We covered the first step a few weeks ago uh, when we talked about Sophie Campbell's run ending at issue 150, right? Uh, we talked about that, I think, last episode or the episode before that. Uh, a few weeks later, they announced that IDW renewed its licensing agreement with uh, Paramount to continue to produce TMNT comic books, which – Fans were kind of like, oh, this this was up in the air. This There was a chance this wasn't going to happen. Okay, cool. It's great that they're continuing. Their output has been pretty good so far. Uh, that got renewed. Uh, apparently, there's some like verbiage in the clause about them being able to celebrate the 40th anniversary this year. So I guess we can expect a bunch of, uh, or at least some, uh, 40th anniversary content. Maybe a, like a special or some sort of collection or just something from IDW to to commemorate 40 years right uh we'll see so that's the, that that's the next step then the third step in this this wave of news is that surprise we just renewed this contract but the idw run is ending at issue 150 which right now it's at like 140 
145 or some, something like 146. So it's getting there. It's real close. Yeah. And obviously they had to announce this before the previews uh, would have hit for 151. So they announced it, that it was ending. Uh, apparently the story is coming to some sort of conclusion, not a final conclusion, because in the article they stated that the universe was not coming to a close, that subsequent books would still be published by IDW in this existing universe, which of course is the universe with Jenica and uh, all of the other characters that we've know, you know, come to know and love. Yeah. And at that point I was like, this is big news. We're going to have to really talk about this on the podcast. Right. Because I have very strong opinions about rebooting a book that you're not actually rebooting. Like, let's say what this is like, don't try to obfuscate what, you're actually doing here. You're just trying to get people to buy another, another number one issue. That's what this is. It's, 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 it's giving people an artificial jumping on point that gets you to like sell more comics. People aren't buying comic books that say issue 147, 145. They're buying issues that say one and two and three. So this is, this is rebooting the, the numerical system, especially if you're not rebooting the world. And that bugs me. But I get it. It's a business decision. I mean, this practice is extremely common in the comic world. So, you know. And I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Or Um, you have a crisis event and reset everything. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And and like, who knows? That might be what this is building up to. I don't know. Uh, There there may be some sort of crisis event that, that puts all of our characters into a situation that is completely new, but it doesn't erase the past. I don't know. Uh, they're, they're definitely dealing with some, uh, some, uh, threats that are existential in the books leading up to 150. So do with that what you will. Then the final chunk of news dropped, uh, and it kind of put this in more, in, in better perspective for me. Uh, and that is, uh, I, the IDW book is getting a soft reboot helmed by Jason Aaron. Is that the dude's name? Jason Aaron. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not a comic book guy. So the Jason, the name Jason Aaron doesn't tell me anything. Does it tell you anything, Jeff? Uh, no, because again, I'm not really, you know, a huge comic guy. This is like, this guy's bringing the muscle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and worked at Marvel currently writing Batman and Superman. Um, I've heard of those characters. Yeah. You might know them. You might know them. <laughs> So uh, you were in on this chat, and I, I hope Russ doesn't get mad at me for just reading his his uh, direct message. But uh, I told him to explain it to me like I'm an idiot. Uh, and he, he put it this way. He said, uh, this dude is a big deal. Uh, his run on Thor is considered one of the greatest comic book runs of all time and helped elevate the character back to prominence. He created Gore the God Butcher uh, and Jane Foster Th- Thor, which, of course, was in the movie. Uh, he then did extensive runs on the Avengers and Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, his name holds a lot of weight in mainstream comics. Uh, not everyone loved his Avengers run, but Thor and Conan uh, have nearly universal acclaim. He even went as far, and now this, this he might have overstated this guy's credentials, but he says this would be the equivalent of Christopher Nolan directing a TMNT movie. <laughs> <laughs> he then said, maybe not that extreme, but you get it. So, okay. So, so yeah, yeah this is a heavy hitter is it, a big deal. He's this, this guy's a, a pretty big deal, which is 
a fascinating like this might be the this is the biggest name to ever work on a comic on a on a TMNT comic book. Yeah. Obviously, you can't count the original creators because they created the characters. But like outside influence stepping in and saying, I'm taking over this book. This is the biggest name. Yeah. Um, Is that safe to say? Oh, yes. And I I think it's a safe bet to say that I'm probably going to need to find a way to get two copies of each book. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, this is going to be kind of a big deal. I'll find room, you know. Um, you'll find room. Uh, I'll find yeah. room. Yeah. I, obviously I get all of them. So it's, that's not, not a big deal for me, but yeah. Yeah. Like now seeing the creative direction that they're taking on it, it makes much more sense. It's like, Oh, you're putting, you're not going to drop this big name into 100 issue 151. Like, no, you drop the big name on issue one. Duh. Yeah, like this, this doesn't even take much thought to, to be like, no, we need a soft reboot right now. The thing yeah. that I like about the soft reboot is they're not it, that it's not a hard reboot. They've spent 13 years building this this world, uh, arguably the most most fascinatingly complex turtles world to date. And to just flush that because they hired a new dude would really suck. Right. And so them keeping the continuity in place and him respecting that and building on top of it. I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh, as am I. Yeah. Uh, knowing all of the characters that are in there, like what, what does he do with Venus? What does he do with Alopex? What does he do with nobody? Like, like what's the state, the state of the Pantheon? Like there's all kinds of things that he can work with. And there's also a lot of new ideas he can bring in. That don't have anything to do with the work that Tom Waltz and, and Sophie Campbell have done. So mm-hmm. I'm ready. Uh, apparently, it's not rebooting until the summer. So there's going to be a, a, a small gap between the the shutdown and the reboot. But uh, there will still be Turtles comics being produced during that that little window. Uh, I believe there's going to be uh, there's still going to be the Saturday morning adventures and there's going to be the the Foot Clan stuff from uh, Santa Loco. And there's probably still going to be the last run in two happening. So uh, there's not going to be any months that we don't have turtles comics. Right. And I, I think that, well, this might be premature, but you've, have you read all the Saturday morning adventures up till? Uh, no, no, okay. I I have most of them, but I have not read them because I don't like them that much. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. As long as it's like, you know, and see, and this has always been kind of my wish, like that season one Toei Turtles. Uh, that's what I want in a comic. I want the confidence, the comedy, the action. That's what I want. Yeah, I that's I, I, I don't get anything of substance from any of those books. Yeah. So yeah, I, again, I'm just okay. There's going to be an April special that comes out in April. Mm-hmm. I guess that's did did we did we talk about that? I think we did. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. This guy's name is Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron. I'm gonna. I did. I I need to remember that name. Yeah. All right. Do you have any further news, or did we just wrap up that segment? Yeah. It's it's you know it's I would say arguably that's arguably that's the biggest news of 2024. Um, turtles wise so far, um, it's uh, definitely yeah. still, still pretty bare bones. 
yeah. And uh, honestly, I'd prefer one giant news topic like that in, in lieu of five small ones. So that that's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, that means it's break time. Yeah. Let's take a break. And we're back. Hey, Jeff. Hey, what? Uh, what did we read this time? Uh, more Batman TMNT uh, comics, but this time it's the adventures. So it's Batman, the animated series team up. That's correct. Um, back in 2016, IDW and DC were having a time publishing these crossovers. And I guess they were like, we need to milk this for you know one more. Uh, and so they did one that's, Batman the animated series and the 20 specifically the 2012 Ninja Turtles. Now to kind of put this in perspective in 2016 the 2012 Ninja Turtles were still on television. They also had a semi monthly book. I think it was semi monthly or was it an actual month? Let me let me let me double check that because there were a couple of comic series that were based on that cartoon. And yeah, one of the comic series ran from twenty ran from twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen, and then the follow up ran from twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen. So yes, during the during this crossover, there was a comic on the shelves that was based on the twenty twelve cartoon. So it wasn't that far out of left field that this you know were to happen. We read through the whole thing before we jump into the individual issues. What did you think? I immediately got the feeling of that, that warm nostalgic feeling of running home after school, grabbing a snack, sitting in front of the TV and watching Batman, the animated series. Well, that's good. Just makes me happy. That's, that's, that's literally one of my go-to shows. (laughs) Well, that tells me how you feel about it, Jeff. Was it good? Yes, it was fantastic. I absolutely loved every single page. I, I, you know, I knew you would. I knew you would. Oh, uh, I'm not going to bury the lead here, Jeff. I'm not a huge fan of this at all. Uh, why does this not surprise me? Um, you know, I thought I thought we had made a pact that we were going to start 2024 on a more positive note. Nope. That's that's not that's not how commenting on media works same like salty i hate all vegetables and desserts sergio uh, from the last (laughs) six five to six years look i i wanted to like it i love the idea of it i love the two different universes that they're mashing together here i love that they're mashing together two defined universes that you know have their own characters and backstories and that theoretically that would make me care more because I care about these turtles that they're mashing up with. But I just, the story just kind of meandered for me. Like there, there was no overarching theme. There was no, it, it really felt like they were figuring it out on the fly the entire time, both in the story and also in the writing of the stories. Uh, and I've, I probably should have done some more research on this, but I believe that this was originally greenlit as a five issue series. And then during the production, the book was doing so well, they added a sixth book. And that's evidenced 
like you can see that in the actual fabric of the story. Like the sixth book is basically an epilogue that takes place years after the original story or it seems like years after the original story, but we'll get to the, yeah. the nitty gritty of all that. Uh, I mean, look, I can, I can see where you're coming from and there are some parallels to be drawn there to be sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't hate any of these characters. It, it, it just didn't, it just didn't work as well for me, but let's, let's uh, read through these books so I can state my case. And then at the end, you can make sure that you say that I'm right. Ooh. That's not something. Oh, oh, that makes me feel horrible inside. It's just like uh, you said, like the the world's nastiest cuss word. uh, There, there is no right or wrong. It's just how I feel and how you feel, Jeff. Oh well. Issue one, uh, we open with a man in an alleyway running, uh, and he's being stalked by some dark looks like crusader almost like batman then we see on the next page that it's not batman it's actually michelangelo he's asking the guy hey is there a nearby pizza place it scares him he passes out uh and his brothers show up and make fun of him from scaring the guy and they then have you know they have to scatter because they're they're you know out on patrol right cut to gotham batman is investigating uh clearly two faces new domicile because half of it is dirty and half of it is clean. Uh, he knocks out some henchmen and he meets with, uh, two face and he's like, bro, you got to go back to Arkham. And he's like, uh, I don't really want to blah, 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 blah. And, you know, kind of giving Batman clues on how he got out in the first place. Cut back to the turtles. Uh, Donatello sees on his little computer screen that there is a Krang portal active in the sewer somewhere. And since Krang portals have been a problem in the past, uh, he's like, we need to go address this because the Krang, we beat them. They suck. We got to go track it down. So they say, fine, we're going to do that. Batman goes to Arkham Asylum to try to figure out how Two-Face escaped uh, and finds a big triangle on the wall in the shape of a, he doesn't know it yet, but a Krang portal. He takes some residue so he can run some tests from it. Uh, come back to the turtles who find the portal in the sewer. Uh, Michelangelo is pulled underwater by an unknown, uh, unknown assailant and then reemerges, not himself, very quickly to, to reveal himself as actually Clayface. Clayface from, of course, the Batman uh, universe. A fight ensues. Uh, Michelangelo reveals he's fine, uh, and they fight Clayface for several pages, uh, end up using a sewer sewer water to push him back through the Krang portal. The portal then closes. Uh, Batman is back at the uh, Batcave, analyzing the residue from the triangle, and says, Yo, Alfred, call Robin. I need him at these coordinates. This is going to be a big problem. Uh, cut to... What looks like Chinatown uh, in New York and the the foot uh, or foot bots are there and they are being beaten up by the one and only Joker and Harley Quinn. And that is how the end of the book happens or that's that's where the book ends. So book one and our turtles have not met our Batman yet. And we have already seen four Batman villains and I guess if you count footbots, one turtles villain. So this this book has some promise. This one isn't terrible. I I, I liked a lot of the uh, 
the dialogue in this. I really like the framing device uh, where when they introduce a new character, they put a little colored circle around their head, almost like a halo to uh, say, hey, we're going to give you a quick description of who this is so you won't be lost. And that's really nice because I'm not super familiar with Clayface, right? Uh, but any new readers can jump on with precision from the start. What'd you think? You know, I'm I'm here for all of it. Like I enjoyed it. Like while I'm reading this in my head, all the all the voice actors, you know, voices are just you know I I was like I read this in Kevin Conroy's voice or I read this in Greg Sipe's voice or you know stuff like that. So I'm I'm literally hearing all their voices um in my head rent free um <laughs> uh i absolutely love the art on these books um i love how batman looks the turtles um this is really well drawn um uh i i like the the opening with mikey you know pretending like it's like oh bait and switch like oh, it's not it's not batman I'm like oh it's uh ninja turtle man uh <laughs> uh which I thought was uh, interesting. Um, and you're not wrong. The art is fantastic. Uh, I will yeah. give it that. It's it's they really lean into the use of the primary colors. Just it needs to be bright because these are both Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Um, Clayface is like like when you watch that episode of the show for the first time, like he's just he's terrifying. Like. I felt that they could have like they revealed it too quick. Like I felt like they could have strung it out for just a little bit and he could have like watched them kind of see how Mikey, you know, or any of the turtles that he decided to, you know, take the form of uh, was acting and kind of like, you know, I, I just felt they could have done a little bit more with it because he's he's an interesting character, um, but he can't, you know, hold those forms for super long uh, periods of time. Yeah, at least in the animated series. And uh, so I'm not sure uh, how different it is in the comics. I'd imagine he can do it um, a little bit longer. Um, yeah, well, again, this is this is a crossover that has to cater to two different series. We're not oh, going to yeah. get we're not going to get anything of actual substance on the clay, the on the clay face, like in the clay face department. <laughs> yeah. Because they just don't have the the pages for it. Uh, what we do get is a really cool looking action sequence. Oh yeah, that was very cool. Um, so Clayface's voice actor on the show was Ron Perlman. So I'm just hearing Ron Perlman in my head. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. man, and they had they had an all star cast uh, on that show, and Two Face was um, uh, what I say it was. I don't want to get his name wrong. Don't get his name wrong, Jeff. I'm not. That was Richard Mull, a.k.a. Bull from Night Court, who we uh, sadly lost recently. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, Super tall, really tall dude. Yes, I'm I am familiar with Bull from from Night Court. I didn't I didn't know he did the voice of uh, Two-Face. Well, cool. Uh, yeah. Let's um. are you ready for book two or is there nuggets that you want to explore? There's some nuggets. There's a lot of nuggets. Oh, uh, well, and pull your nuggets out, Jeff. In this, <laughs> um, let's see, where is the? Uh, so of course you get when Michelangelo is, uh, you know, grilling the, you know, the the crook. 
uh, says, I am vengeance, I am the night. I'm like, ah, it's, uh, yeah, you're doing the thing. You're doing the thing. <laughs> um, and let's see. If you go to page eight and zoom in on the left corner, you'll see that Raphael is playing a pinball machine that looks like it says Rockman, uh, which is Mega Man's name in Japan. And it's got like a little, you know, Mega Man face on the side. It looks like Ruskman <laughs> or whatever, but they did it just right to where I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. Ruskman, huh? Ruskman. My uh, favorite video game. Yes. All right. Well, with the nuggets out of the way, let's move to issue number two. Issue number two. Uh, we flash back a week and we see the sequence where Harley and the Joker broke out of to Arkham Asylum. Um, they did it via two crane portals. Conveniently, two of them. One for each of them, which they both, one, you know, they jump one at a time through, which is, it's, it's weird that there's two of them. I don't, I don't know why I feel like it's weird. I just feel like it's weird. Uh, we then cut to present day. He, he has been approached by the, sh- the Shredder or vice versa. And the Joker and Harley are kind of pitching a team up, but not really, they don't really have anything to bring to the table except chaos. And that's what the Joker promises is chaos. Back in Gotham, Batman has rallied the troops, uh, which is basically Robin and Batgirl. Now, which Robin is this? Uh, I believe it's Dick Grayson. Because it's the one that becomes Nightwing. Is that yes, Dick, Dick Grayson? Grayson? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. More on that to come. He's all like, uh, I, these triangles. Well, we got to figure out what's going on with these these portals. Uh, that, I, that I found one. They go to it, they investigate it, and simultaneously in the Turtles world in New York City in Central Park, the Turtles are also investigating uh, a a pink Krang portal. Uh, Michelangelo is sticking his hand through it, and he <laughs> discovers <laughs> Batman on the other side of it. The, that's, the, that's the panel of the issue right there. It is absolutely the best panel in this entire series. If you can make that a cover image, do it. (laughs) Uh, And so the Bat Clan jump through the portal, see the turtles, and there's there's a a throwdown where Donatello immediately falls in love with Batgirl, and Michelangelo's like, hey, that's a kid, pointing at Robin. Batman, of course, is brooding. They start fighting, and... Of course, of course, they have to put April fighting Batgirl, which I guess we can talk about that um, in the middle of their their heated exchange. Uh, they realize that something is happening, and that is Snakeweed is popping out of the earth. Snakeweed, who we had previously who the turtles had previously defeated, uh, and they find out that it's kind of a zombified Snakeweed because Snakeweed is being controlled by poison ivy. And that is where the issue ends. Again, fantastic art across the board uh, in, in in this book. Like, uh, who is doing the art in this? Because it's great. It's absolutely great. Um, it is John Samariva. John Samariva seems right. That seems right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I. I, I I don't feel like they've gotten to a to a point yet in these two books that they're 
they know where they're going. It's just let's figure out a way to get these characters to hang out. And so they did. Um, I wouldn't say anything really compelling has happened yet. The the Joker isn't really making much sense. Um, it, you know how I feel about April being a ninja. And I guess it makes sense that Batgirl is barely a superhero at this point. So she's able to hang with April. But again, you, you don't have to have the girls fight the girls like that's that's a bit too on the nose for me. But I, I guess ultimately everything just looks so good that I don't really care that much if I don't like what's going on right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I, man, the minute that Michelangelo grabbed Batman's like freaking face, I was just like, <laughs> OK, this is this is this is going to go sideways quick. Uh, you know, I was just like, OK, I laugh so stinking hard. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the best panel in all all of these, without a doubt. Yeah, like the expressions on Batman's face, just totally not amused. And then you look back over the shoulder, Robin shocked, and Batgirl's like, "Uh, the what?" And <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the look on her face. It just it's 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 priceless. It's absolutely priceless. Yeah, and. And and like not not just that one panel, but like it, how it plays out. Like Mikey is reaching through the crane portal. He has like I feel it's like an angry it's gargoyle. It's like, angry gargoyle. Like that is a great way to describe Batman. Oh yeah, I mean that's perfect. Especially that Batman. Mm-hmm. So so bravo bravo, you got that right. Yeah, it like I, mean, I can't tell you people enough. Like if if he can make this a cover photo, that's that's the <laughs> that's the hook right there. I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if you can do it, but I don't I don't think I can. But we'll we'll do something with it. It's yeah. it's great. Yeah. Uh, um, what else you got? Well, I, and also too, this is like Batgirl's in her like first appearance uh, costume. Um. Uh, before it was changed later on um, in the uh, the second art style um, where she was more prominent in the series. Um, I was actually going to ask you, like it, I never watched all of the series and yeah. well, I gave you a free digital code for all of it. You you mean all like 200 episodes that I don't have time to watch? Eh, come on. Squeeze uh, in there. Yeah, I don't have time to watch that. I might. I, but I probably won't. But the point that I was getting at is even if I did remember watching every single episode, I don't remember the fine details of anything of my childhood. Um, was what type of prominence was Batgirl? Because I don't remember her in the show at all. It was a uh, it was a it was a two parter that she showed up. It was kind of a really big deal um, for her to show up. But she didn't. <sighs> I, I don't think she showed up in the main show again until the reformat. Cause yeah. Didn't they do like a, like a soft rebrand towards the end of it? Yeah. To just kind of like, um, it changed. I think it just changed art styles. I liked the, the art style change. A lot of people, you know, didn't, um, I want to say she was also, I think she was also in that suit for the Sub-Zero movie. It's been a while since I've watched it. Um, yeah, I'm not too. It's just, again, the revelation that she was in that show was I was like, oh, OK, OK, then I yeah. guess it's fine that she's here. But 
Yeah, like, well, she showed up as Barbara Gordon first in, like, three episodes, and then she appeared in Shadow of the Bat, two-parter. Yeah, they didn't go full Oracle with her at any point, did they? Okay. Okay. I I know a little bit about Batman. Yeah. Um, And then she came back in uh, Batgirl Returns uh, in 94, so that was... Uh, what else you got for the issue? Let's see here. Let's see if we got any nuggets. Of course, Donatello's smitten with uh, Batgirl because you know he like he like a redheads. He like he likes the ladies. Like the, yeah. that's just what they've they've uh, established in was, in that that universe. Well, I mean, it's just redheaded ladies, so you know, um, can't fault him for that. Um, <laughs> Not at all. We get some beautiful action uh, panels in this issue. Like, I love the fights between Batman and the Turtles and uh, Robin and and Batgirl. Um, And uh, let's see here. It's like, well, you know, of course it makes sense that uh, Snake Weed's here along with Poison Ivy. Yep. Because that's a great team up. Yeah. I don't think there's any other. No- oh, there is. There is one moment uh, where uh, Mikey is just and 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 Robin are fighting, and Robin just lays into a freaking sh- you know sure you can punch, <laughs> <laughs> which was great. Um, hmm. let's see. I don't think there's any. I'm not finding any other. Um. Any, any other nuggets in this? Yeah, I, uh, I, I just, it's hard for me to care about any of this. I don't know why. I, I guess look at it this way. The last issue's cliffhanger was, oh, look, it's the Joker and Harley. And then they don't do much of anything this issue. Like, they're talking to the Shredder. They're threatening the Shredder. They're being their wacky clown selves as they meet, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady. But... It's not like there's even an action sequence involving Harley and and Joker. They're a non-threat this issue, even though they were the cliffhanger last time. Yeah. You know, Uh, and the Shredder has gotten, what, three panels of of time so far. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just it's it's not just not doing it for me. Mm. Uh, It's fine. Uh, You got anything else for. for, (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Uh, You got anything else for book two? Uh, no, uh, other than, you know, just, I, I love the, the, the splash panels, you know, the, there's a, a, you know, uh, a beautiful group shot, um, of all of them on page 20. Yeah. Okay. Issue three, this one, the, the cliffhanger actually had a payoff where there's a giant fight between the, all of our heroes and Snakeweed and poison ivy, mainly just Snakeweed. Uh, he has grown to almost kaiju levels uh, as as he is uh, fighting all of our heroes. The conversation between the Shredder and the Joker has kind of gone sideways for the Shredder. And the Joker has all the leverage because he has exploding chickens hanging from a ceiling. Sure, whatever. Uh, he ends up using his Joker gas, Joker laughing gas stuff to put the shredder into a trance and he steals his helmet and he basically steals his uh, foot clan from him. So the Joker is now in charge of the foot clan cut back to our heroes. They continue the fight. Uh, 
ultimately, after a lot of action panels, I mean a lot, Robin and Michelangelo, <coughs> no, not Michelangelo, Robin and Raphael corner Poison Ivy, and they decide the best way to take this woman down is to try to drown her, uh, or at least subdue her underwater, which they do. Uh, they successfully knock her out by almost drowning her, and then they throw her back through the Krang portal, fixing the the uh, snake weed problem. So check that box. That that problem is gone. Congratulations. Turtles and bat characters are now in the turtle lair doing the uh, customary, oh, you guys are weird. Oh, you guys are weird too. Meet up that ev- you see in every single crossover ever in the history of crossovers. They see a news story about panic on the streets in some sort of some part of town. Oh, the East Village. Uh, so they jump into the cannot remember what they call the turtle wagon in that universe is the shell razor. Mm-hmm. Is that it? I can't remember. Uh, they listen to some music, the the wingnut rap, which we can talk about after I finish talking about this issue. Uh, when they get there, Batman's like, I've seen this before. Uh, you can't go down. He knows that it is the Scarecrow's fear gas stuff that is happening, that is, you know, taking over the East Village, and that's why everyone is in a panic. And that is the cliffhanger at the end of this issue. The, the Now it's the Scarecrow, guys. We've got to go take care of that. It's it's basically Batman whack-a-mole in the Turtles universe is, is what this mm-hmm. is. Um, Jeff, what'd you think of issue three? You know, it's just more more of the goodness for me. Um, for me, it's just more of the goodness because Batman animated series is still like one of my all time favorite shows, and it just it just you know it it feels like you know just that fun Saturday morning or afternoon, you know, whenever they would freaking air them. I saw them on both times. Uh, you know, adventures like I'm reminded of the the Superman Batman crossover where Joker is just like, you know, being Joker and, and picking on Lex Luthor. So he's kind of doing the same thing here, uh, to the shredder. So it's like, shredder has like no personality, just like <laughs> Lex Luthor. Um, you know, and, you know, and this, this is very much, um, you know, that, of course, I'm hearing Mark Hamill's voice all throughout my head, you know, while reading all of this. And this Joker is—he's not as because of the uh, broadcast standards and practices. You know, they couldn't do a whole lot of stuff, so it was like, oh, we have exploding whoopee cushions or exploding, you know, marbles or blah blah blah. blah. So it, it's still kind of playing into that like safe zone um, of that. You know, he's kind of goofy, kind of like the the Batman '60s era. Um, but he's still, he's, you know, he's, he's still deadly. Um, it's, uh, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, once the, once the sensors kind of stop looking at things and, and the animated series, they're all like, Oh, did they just kill that guy? Oh, like, I'm pretty sure they did. Um, well, it gets, it gets a little darker. Yeah. And, and I fully, I'm fully aware that what I'm saying is absurd considering it's from a cartoon, but he, the Joker's just a bit too cartoonish for me. It, at least in this iteration for you. Yeah. Well, I'm not a fan of the Joker just overall. Like mm. I can count on one hand how many Jokers I've liked in my life. Uh, I can count on one finger probably. But mm. I, they, 
he just he doesn't seem menacing at all here. It's just, hey, there's literally a clown acting like a clown and he's more of a nuisance than anything. And he just steals the Foot Clan, which is obnoxious. Uh, I, I, I'm just, just not, just not a fan. Just not a fan. Um, I think the, this, this arc that this, this mini arc that they have with Poison Ivy and Snakeweed is much more inspired mm-hmm. than this series kind of uh, deserves because. Someone in a someone did their homework on these two characters and was like, this is a good this is a good mashup. We can take these two, make it work. And they could have done more with it, but instead they opted to shovel more villains into this thing mm-hmm. when they could have focused more on this. This works, you know, snakeweed and the poison ivy. But that's not the story they were telling. Right. I mean, it it does feel like there wasn't like like you said at the beginning. It doesn't feel like there was like a a plan, uh, with with the story kind of going forward. It's just kind of like a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, but there there are little touches uh, I like um, in this issue, especially like uh, the Joker drawing on smiles on the 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 foot robots, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and Batgirl getting hooked on music uh, in the in the in the Shell Razor, I thought was great. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. I, was, I like when they kind of like break character a little bit, um, and of course when they all get to meet uh, Master Splinter, who is like barely in this. Yeah, he, he I, does he even ask what's going on. No, he doesn't even have a line of dialogue. Uh, he has a little bit of dialogue, but it's just like, eh, here's the okay, news. No, he do, yeah, he does on the next page. He's like, oh, it's inter- interrupting my stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, sure, whatever. Uh, and this this song, like, go wingnut. Wait, what is it? The wingnut rap? Yeah. It's it's clearly g- g- ninja rap. It's clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and it's it, I'm just going to say it's it's not good. It's not good. Like Ninja Rap is first off not a good song. Two, I mean that's that's debatable, but you it's know, it's not a good song. Two, that's your ringtone. No, well that's your fault. Um, yeah, that's great. They're like, is that the Ninja Rap? I was like, yeah. I was like, it's Sergio's ringtone. Like, oh, that makes sense. Like it, do- <laughs> Wingnut Rap doesn't make any sense. It's no, it not doesn't. Clever or funny. It, th- this whole page and a half is super- superfluous at best. Let's just move on. It, yeah. I want I want these things to be better than they are. Is what it is. I just need to I need to be able to like it for what it is, and I can't. I want it to be better. Uh, I do like. I really like the uh, Scarecrow character as a character. I love Scarecrow. What I don't like, and I'll bring this up again when we get to issue six, but. In this book alone, we had two instances of Batman villains spraying gas at people and getting their way. Yeah. In this issue alone, two different villains, two different gases, two different outcomes. Yeah. And it's that's it's I'm sorry, it's lazy. It's very it, it have one gas villain. Have one gas villain. I mean, you also kind of miss the opportunity to say that, you know, we had two villains in here getting gassy. You know, yeah, what what Jeff said, put that ahead of what I said, because that's a funnier joke. Um, yeah, that was good. But yeah, 
and and then there's another one in in the in the sixth book, the stapled on afterwards st- sixth book. There's a third gas that does a third thing that fixes all of the plot problems. It's it's just a mess. Let's move on to book four. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Issue four. Batman has his gas mask on and he's trying to save all these people from the scarecrow's gas. Uh, and he tracks down Dr. Crane. Uh, and he is transported back to the Monarch Theater, which is where his parents were killed. He takes off his gas mask. Obviously, the, the gas has gotten to him. He's having all kinds of nightmarish stuff. He gets knocked out by the scarecrow. Back with the Joker, he's plotting all kinds of stuff with his Joker his Joker gas uh, and his newly acquired foot clan, him and Harley are figuring out what they're going to do, how they're going to leverage this, how they're going to, you know, get the entire city to huff his gas. Right. Um, many of our heroes are on the roofs of uh, New York outside of two, two Krang portals fighting Jokerized foot soldiers uh, there are two notable missing, though. Uh, both Leonardo and Raphael are nowhere to be seen on this roof. Uh, through the process of elimination, they realize, hey, the Joker and the Shredder, it seems like they're working together. That's probably not good. Uh, cut back to Batman, who's now chained up next to both Leonardo and Raphael, who clearly jumped down into the smoke as well, or into the, the, the gas as well. Uh, and Batman is able to take out the Scarecrow by headbutting him, and then freeing himself by just yanking his arms off the wall. Uh, Scarecrow jumps back through the portal. The portal closes and Batman and the Turtles are free. Our other heroes uh, actually approach Harley Quinn as she's unloading a bunch of toxic waste, which uh, turns out was mutagen in the toxic waste. And the Joker created two mutant laughing hyenas their names are bud and lou that makes sense yeah yeah why not the joker is holed up in the shredders uh hideout which isn't really a hideout more of just a lair at the top of a building uh and the turtles try to sneak in and attack and immediately get found out uh it's donatello the two girls um and Michael, no, Mikey's not even there. No, it's just Donatello and the two girls uh, trying to take down the, the Joker at the foot headquarters. Batman and two of the turtles, Leonardo and my, and, my, uh, and Raphael, are at the foot headquarters about to assist their partners in trying to take down the Joker. Uh, Michelangelo and Robin are guarding the crane portals uh, just in case someone comes through or if anyone needs to go back through. And then a melee ensues inside of the foot headquarters. Uh, we see a couple of panels of what Raphael and Leonardo saw when they were under the influence of the scarecrow gas. And there's more fighting, more fighting, more fighting. The shredder at some point pops out of his stupor, knocks out the Joker, takes his helmet back. And suddenly Joker and Harley Quinn are defeated and they're tied up. Um, they find a small little coin which batman immediately says i know who this is uh this is from my universe this is the mad hatter and that's the to be continued at the end of this issue so again we defeat an enemy only to introduce another one uh and the the cycle continues there's so much in this book that i don't like 
that I don't know <laughs> how you're going to take, Jeff. Go I, ahead. Just I, <laughs> it off like a Band-Aid. Just, just do it. I like the Scarecrow. We have seen the Scarecrow so many times. And every time it's always Batman, Batman, this Batman fears, this Batman knows how to overcome it. And that's fine. This is an established Batman and Scarecrow. He understands how the gas works. Why didn't we get better sequences with the two turtles that were under the influence of his gas? Okay, I'll give you that. They were chained up the entire time we saw them. And all of the visions they had were inconsequential because they were just chained to a wall. Which means the joke, or the, the 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 scarecrow gas, or the fear gas, or whatever it's called, was pointless because the only person who dealt with it was a person who's always dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't make it clear why they really split up until they needed to on the spot. They, I don't see where they showed any panels of Leonardo and Raphael following uh, Batman. Half of the time when Raphael's mask was drawn red it looked orange which made it seem like there was an error in what turtle they were trying to depict but if you actually look at the drawing of the turtle it's himself like specifically on page what page is this uh 10 i believe no 11 that's a really scrawny looking Raphael to the point that it almost doesn't look like him except for the mask and the little notch in his in his plastron there so you know it's him by his characteristics, he's just real thin and Michelangelo looking. So like that threw me off real hard. Uh, Bud and Lou, the two mutant hyenas, like great brand new characters that are defeated in five pages. And we never hear from them again. What happened? That was, yeah, that was a little disappointing. Um, I've, I've always liked the hyenas with Harley. Um, and uh, seeing them, you know, mutated uh, like that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I was like, Where, "What's what's happening?" I mean, you, I mean, you see in two panels they're knocked out. Yeah. So they got the uh, the 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 typical X's on the uh, the cartoon characters' eyes. Like, oh, they're past smooth out. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're not they, smooth out. Yeah. Do they? So they just remain mutated? Like, there's are there consequences to these actions? What what's going on? And the the Shredder is such a formidable foe that the only way they were able to write him into the story is to completely neuter his character to the point that when he becomes himself again, it just ends the plot at a standstill. It brings it to a standstill. Yeah. Because, oh, suddenly the Shredder's awake again. It's like, come on, man. You couldn't write your way out of this fight scene, so you just had to wake the Shredder up? Again, lazy. Yeah, That's I mean, I'll I'll give you that. It's very mean. And I know it's mean for me to say that. Again, I should just like this for what it is. It's a fun little romp through these two universes, but mm-hmm. it's not compelling. It 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 feels like they didn't know what they wanted to do. So they're like, oh well, maybe if the Shredder wakes up, and then we didn't even get the customary. Well, now that uh, now that I I I've seen that there's a another villain. We have to fight together. The Shredder's just like, okay, you can go now. We'll fight yeah. some other time. Which I'm glad they didn't do this whole let's work together thing. That is also a trope that's way too rote. I don't feel like the Shredder would just be like, all right, bros, get out of my office. Yeah. Um, and then to find out that 
these five issues have just been building up to the big main villain being Mad Hatter is a wet fart. Well, yeah, I could, I guess I could give you that. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> kind of hard to tell you now because you just like wet farted <laughs> on everything. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, your, your opinion is valuable, Jeff. Yeah, look. You know, I I I I have a deeper connection to these than you know than you in the sense of like you know just having watched pretty much every single episode of Batman animated, um, and just the the zaniness that ensues. Um, there is there is a lack of cohesion with with some of this going on. Like it, I I do feel like these issues could have been more well structured, kind of like uh the third Batman crossover that we read. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just phenomenal. Um and it it almost felt like these were kind of rushed out a little bit. Like if they had gotten like maybe help from, you know, Bruce Tim or Paul Denny they could have, you know, who worked on the original show, they could have, because they worked on some of the comics and stuff. Um, uh, I, I feel like they could have really crafted something kind of special. Of course, that cost extra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, the what we're... Okay, let's look at the positives, okay? We've got great fun interactions between, like, Michelangelo and Robin. Like, Robin cannot stand... Michelangelo's buffoonery, you yeah. know that I really enjoy. Um, I I liked the 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 Joker hyenas a lot. Um, when Harley, probably my favorite moment of this issue, besides uh, Joker just wearing Shredder's helmet, uh, which was great, um, is when um, uh, let me see, let me go back here. Is it in this issue or was it another one? Hang on. Um, now, what's this one? So when Harley sees uh, Tiger Claw, mm-hmm. she's like, ooh, no, wait, it's not this issue. What am I doing? No, it was a few issues ago when she was like, can I pet the kitty? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, was, yeah that was. I that forgot was, about that. that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like the nightmare, uh, the fear gas segments, I think could have could have played out a little better. Um, but yeah, they just sidelined the shredder, um, that, you know, that, that one, I, you know, that I didn't like, um, yeah. but the art is solid all throughout. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Again, my only complaint was like that, the, the weird, the coloring of the, the masks at one point, but it still looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and- there, there seems like some wasted potential in some of this. Um, oh, there is on, if you go to page... 11 the side of the truck says eastman and layered toxic chemicals nice yeah that's not in any other panels that i've seen uh, i did like on page four when you when batman when you're he's experiencing the the fear toxin you see literally his entire rogues gallery even the stupid ones <laughs> <laughs> like the condom was it the condiment king uh I, think that's I, right. I would argue most of them are the stupid ones. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. I, Batman has some ridiculous villains. He really it's a, does. A lot of it is very psychological um, with a lot of them. Like Two-Face and Scarface. Um, yeah. You know, Jokers, of course, it's all mind games. Um, but, 
but yeah, um, I don't think there's any baby dolls kind of stupid. <laughs> hmm. Baby doll was this like child actor who never grew like think Webster and she had literally no career after her show ended. So what's she going to do? She's going to kidnap her TV family and make them become the real family. And I was like, what is this? Oh, that's bad. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> that's a, it's a, bad. it's a fun watch, but I'm just like, what? And here's a, here's a poll. Um, Robbie wrist was the voice of the, uh, the son and her, her fake TV show. So she kidnapped him. So there's a turtles connection there. Great. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else for issue four? Uh, We've got on page three, when you see Batman in front of the Monarch Theater, it says the mark. And of course, the movie has always been like the mark of Zorro. Um, But you see some question marks and an umbrella uh, graffiti on the entrance there. So I was like, no penguin, no, no Riddler. Um uh, apart from seeing, you know, the the fear sequence. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm, I think that's about it. Yeah, I, I guess this isn't a complaint. This is more of a, a characteristic. This seems like a very Batman-heavy crossover. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Turtle stuff there. Like, it's set in the Turtles universe for the most part. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's Bebop and Rocksteady and Baxter and, you know, Tiger Claw, but we're only getting villain action really from Batman's Rogues Gallery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do issue five. Okay. Damn, it's almost midnight. Oh, snap. So we flash back to the Mad Hatter, and the the story walks us through him finding the portals, figuring them out, because apparently the Mad Hatter is a super genius. I this is me just learning that. Um he then gets caught by the Batman and he, he then goes to Arkham and while in Arkham builds a basically a portal gun to escape to this other world, which is the Turtles world, and also bring his buddies, which, of course, are all the people from Arkham Asylum uh, flash forward to present day. The Turtles are trying to figure out where the action is going to be next, and they figure out that it's all kind of triangulating. No, it's all it's all converging on one place, uh, and that is uh, Central Park. Was it Central Park? No, it was um, Times Square. Mm-hmm. Robin and Michelangelo have been tasked with going through the final portals and going back to Batman Land uh, because. Batman knows, hey, this is a uh, this is this is a Mad Hatter thing. And the tracking devices that he put on all of the villains are, you know, how they're kind of figuring out what's going on and how they're going to track him down. Uh, Once we cut to Batman world, there's a fantastic page of like art that is a direct homage to Batman, the animated series art and if and i want to say even the uh the the intro sequence with robin and michelangelo you know doing their best noir action uh batman uh, and oh and michelangelo is wearing a batman costume which of course he is and this one is adorable we'll talk about that when i'm done um donatello finally figures out the location uh bad girl meets ice cream kitty 
it's Times Square. Uh, the Robin and Michelangelo are trying to sneak into Mad Hatter's lair. He gets th- they get there, try to stop him, and they are immediately attacked by I'm going to say villagers, just the the people working for him, all of his uh it, like his uh his chef and his construction workers and his doorman and the cops and just there's a boy scout in there. Uh they're attacking both Michelangelo and Robin as he is you know finishing up his final plan uh to so yeah his goal was to mind control all of new york to make them new citizens of new wonderland which of course is his whole thing with mad hatter whatever and it, and we'll talk about that too Ugh. our heroes are at times square as all of this goes down the the the, the the mad hatter lightning comes through the portal and starts mind controlling a bunch of people michelangelo does a cannonball breaks the device that is mind controlling everybody and then batman comes through the portal or batman and all of the heroes jump through the portal beat up mad hatter and end the whole standoff very kind of without too much uh, of, a, of a kerfuffle even happening. Uh, they then say their customary goodbyes. Turtles jump back through their crying portal back to home. And then the Bat family shares a pizza next to a gargoyle on top of a building. Uh, the epilogue is set in Gotham, where the Scarecrow is realizing that they're coming for us. They're all coming for us. Ah, as if he's preparing for something very scary. Uh, and instead of saying to be continued, it says not the end. These two pages make me make it seem like the whole, they greenlit the sixth issue later because yeah. the story legit ends. There is right. an ending to the story and then it's spun back up via one page, one cryptic page. Uh, one thing that I will absolutely praise this issue for, uh, and I guess the series at large is they do a very good job of showing what universe they're currently in. Uh, yeah. and they and they do it by having white and black, like backgrounds behind the panels. The white backgrounds are turtle world. Black backgrounds are Batman world. So there's really are no you, confusion. Are you talking about like the, the, the red, like the no. red sky? No, 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 no. I mean the actual background behind the panels. Okay, I got. Okay, now I see. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Uh, so it's 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 almost like a. It, it it nowhere does it define that's what it is, but if you follow the story close enough, you can tell that that is that is what they're telegraphing, uh, which is a a nice little trick to the art. It's not something that they have to point out. It's just something that guides you through the story in a way that that that's holding your hand and you don't even realize it, right? Uh. I liked Bat Mikey. I really liked a lot of the, 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 the Batman art, like the Batman universe art. Uh, they went out of their way to homage that hard. Um, but this is literally the third villain in this crossover whose m- gimmick is mind control. The third one. It, it, it Come on, man. <laughs> Try a little harder here. Uh, and, and there, and again, the big final final battle was not a final battle. It was a cannonball from Michelangelo. That's pretty much it. A cannonball. And then Batman comes in, punches a dude 
and then they say their goodbyes. It, it's 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 very anticlimactic. I know it's not supposed to be the last book technically, but this feels like a lot of potential just wasted. What do you think? Um, there's a lot of good stuff in in this issue. Mainly, uh, my favorites uh, is Mikey becoming Eternal Batman, um, which I thought was great and like those all those panels that of them recreated recreating the opening uh title sequence to the show um was was great those were those were my absolute favorite uh parts um it just like it i like you know like we mentioned before there's not really any cohesion to any of this and it's just like it feels like these are all kind of some of them like this one feels like very much like a one-off issue. Like it's not, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like there's not really an overall plan for all of this. Um, like there was in place for like, you know, the other crossovers. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it is, it is very just, you know, tacked on. Um, I mean, the best part of the, of this issue is the Mikey Batman stuff. It really is. And, and that homage like mid mid the mid issue homage to the Batman intro is the best this issue has to offer uh, alongside that bat Mikey. Other than that, I got nothing for the Mad Hatter whatsoever, whatsoever. He did not convince me that he's a good villain in this, in this issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm glad they added a sixth issue because of how anticlimactic this is. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I loved the sixth issue or anything. Yeah. But again, like this, the star of this series is the art. Oh, definitely. Just across um, a great moment is like, you know, uh, Batgirl and Donnie are kind of connecting a little bit and she uh, gives him a kiss on the cheeks, like feel better. And then of course you see Robin, uh, getting jealous and and Robin's uh, comment was like, "Can't you get salmonella from kissing a turtle?" <laughs> Is that green's not a good color on you. <laughs> it looks way better on them. Uh, I thought that was that was funny. That was a fun moment. Um, but yeah, the 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 artwork is the real star. Um, you can tell the artist was just having an absolute blast doing uh, doing both. Um, uh, Batman and the Turtles, just absolute justice. Yeah. Um, and I, I did like, you know, at the end, the, the panel of, of Scarecrow, like, you know, redoing his outfit. Cause we never got an explanation, you know, back in the day when the, when the artwork suddenly changed to a different style that wait, what's going on? <laughs> Why does it look so different? So, so you're saying they did a successful job of retconning. Yeah the the animated series in this one page of the comic all right yeah yeah all right that works for me yeah Hmm. well you are you ready to wrap this up with issue six uh i know you are um (laughs) (laughs) issue issue six bruce wayne and which robin is this that would be tim drake tim drake so the second robin Mm. dick grayson Tim Drake, Damian Wayne. Am I missing one? Jason Todd. Jason he Todd. Was, he was the second. Was he was he in the animated series? No. Okay. Well then I was right. The second Robin. Mm, no. Was there not a second Robin in the animated series? 
No, it was Dick Grayson and then went to Nightwing and then Tim Drake. So how how is what I'm saying wrong? Because he is technically not the second Robin. Who was the second Robin in the animated series? There wasn't. There wasn't a second Robin? No. Was Tim Drake not Robin? They, well, they skipped Jason Todd to go straight to Tim Drake. Oh, my God. Then how am I wrong? <laughs> you just are. He's the second Robin in the animated series. Well, okay, technically, sure, but te- also technically not. I, 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 I get the original Batman lineage. I'm not talking about that. Okay, okay. Tim Drake and Bruce Wayne are checking out a movie, and Tim it, it, it does not want to watch it because he's not into aliens. Well, uh, there's an explosion that almost kills everyone at the theater, and it comes from outside where the Krang are attacking Gotham. Uh I think it's awesome that Batman is so comfortable watching movies. Good for him. They quickly get changed into their bat gear. Uh, Tim Drake being the new Robin. Uh, Batgirl is revealed to have a different costume, but very much more a crime fighter now and already on the case. Uh, they're all uh, ready to fight these Krang droids when the turtles pop through a Krang portal and join them. Uh, the new Robin is like, who are these green dudes? And, uh, Michelangelo's like, hey, you're different. You're smaller. You're a child. And, you know, they they fight and they're trying to figure out how this happened, how the Krang got into Gotham. Batman has an idea, and the idea is let's go talk to the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow, who is in Arkham and somehow still acting as a villain doing stuff outside of uh, Arkham, has been preparing for a Krang invasion ever since the events of books one through five. And to prepare, he's been doing the ludicrous activity of developing a Krang-specific fear toxin that he's been secretly loading into the blimps that Gotham City police patrol the city in conveniently. Uh, this is revealed, uh, and then Tim, or not Tim Drake, uh, Nightwing shows up, uh, and they're like, oh, hey, there he is. There's there's our old buddy, uh, and Batman and Raphael are all like, we've got the news. It's going to be fine. We're going to fix this, blah, 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 blah. All of the, the they, they turn on all the blimps. They're shooting out their 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 fear gas to the, the Krang, which is scaring them back into their portals. But one of them is not working. One of them is malfunctioning. It's the one over uh, Gotham Square. To get it to work, Raphael jumps out of the Batwing, stabs the, the blimp, rips it open, releasing all of the toxin onto the ground. Now, since the turtles are from the Krang's dimension, it also affects them. So three of the four turtles have breathers in. Raphael does not, which means he goes into a fear-induced uh, hallucinogen, hallucinating spell, where, of course, roaches show up, as they should, along with all of their rogues gallery. But he's uh, he's cured of his ailments pretty quickly because the Krang are fleeing back to their dimension, uh, and they once again say their goodbyes, and we get another ending as the, the Bat family swing off on their little 
what are those grappling hook things? And there, there we go. We close it out. The turtles return home. Um, I've never read a book that seemed more tacked on in my life. Yeah, this was very much extra. Um, I don't even hate the premise of this book. Like the, the idea that the, 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 um, the scarecrow had been preparing for years for this invasion because he saw it coming is that's pretty compelling and cool. What's not cool is how convenient it was to just get rid of them. Yeah. Like that, that screams deus ex machina just top to bottom. Yeah. Is there like just something in the Batman bylaws that they have to include the entire bat family every time they do a story now? Cause I don't see a reason to include both Robins in this, in, in, in all of this, there's well, no reason for, for Nightwing to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, on the animated series, it was very much a solo series and like Robin would just kind of like, he's off at college and see so like, you know, help out, you know, when he was home for the weekend or whatever. Um, and then later on it became, you know, Batman and Batgirl and then, you know, Nightwing show up and then, you know, Tim Drake's there. Um, so they were more there in that final season. Um, so, you know, just the days of like the solo Batman, you know, you gotta have, you know, the Bat family show up. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess cause people kind of expect it. Like, well, where, where's Robin? Where's Beckerel? Where's Nightwing? You know? I'll well, I'll do you one better. Where's Superman? Where's the Green Lantern? Like, yeah, like you, you, that, that that logic doesn't work here because <laughs> it's a connected universe, right? Um, yeah, I, I I don't see why. I, and 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 that that's a complaint that goes back to the other three crossovers. Like, there's way too many characters. There's no need for any of that. There's no need for Batgirl to be in this. Sure, it gives a little bit of stuff for Donatello to do, but. I would rather there just be less characters. Yeah. And having to explain the whole Robin thing here, it it seems like more work than was necessary. It's just a lot of really unnecessary stuff on the Batman side of this. Um, Yeah, I don't like this issue at all. (laughs) There's some cool art. There's some cool art. And I didn't know Nightwing had a mullet. So that's that's neat, too. Yeah. You know, you know, what'd you think? I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, for what it was, um, which is the the key difference between me and you. I, for some reason, I'm just unable to enjoy a lot of things for what they are. Yeah. You know, and and I I'm I almost I'm almost envious of you, Jeff. Oh, yeah. You're, like your ability to just read it and be like, this is great. This is great. This is great because you don't expect more of it. You know, you don't expect yeah. specific like. When I read it, I have expectations and expectations are what ruin a lot of art for people. And I didn't necessarily have high expectations for this because I had read the other ones or I didn't read them. This one came out second of the four, I believe, if I remember correctly. Well, no, I I didn't have crazy high expectations, but I was just super disappointed. Yeah. Uh, Especially considering Batman, the animated series is one of the only Batman and things that I have any familiarity with. That's not the movies mm-hmm. and the 2012 cartoon is so good. Yeah. So I don't for know, turtles, you may not, you know, Oh yeah. The 20, yeah. The 2012 cartoon. The, yeah. That cartoon is really good. Yeah. Um, any nuggets for this last book? Uh, let's see. There 
is a nugget that I missed earlier that I need to go back and uh, touch on because it's a pretty big one. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find the ones in here first. I do love the the movie theater. The movie they're watching is, um, I think it's the Gray Ghost, which is the um, uh, the episode of Batman the animated series where uh, Adam West was the voice of the Grey Ghost, so he was like a you know masked vigilante that was on TV that uh, Bruce grew up watching, and they did a team up, and that was a great, just really fun episode to have, you know, two Batman on the same screen. Um, but the title of the episode, uh, the movie that they're watching, is The Men from Planet X, which I thought was, ah, Dimension X, uh, it's just, there you go, there you go. <laughs> that that um, counts as two nuggets. Yeah. yeah, okay, we'll have two nugs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see here. Not really seeing much much else in the way of nuggets. Um, Did you get the one that you were going to go back to? Yeah, I'm looking for it right now. Okay. Okay, so it's in issue two uh, at the beginning on page three where Harley is uh, talking to Joker. And if you look carefully, the very top panel... Uh, Joker's reading a book set called titled "Make Me Laugh" by A. M. Dot Hamill. Ah, that's uh, that that would be Luke Skywalker. Yep. Uh, yeah. the, the the voice of the Joker. Yes. Yep. Yep. It even kind of looks like him on the back of the book with the uh, uh, you know, with a Jedi hood over his over his head there, or he kind of looks like Rasputin. Uh, <laughs> either way. Uh, that's a that's a nice pull. Oh, and um, uh, Harley says zoinks when she's about to slip on the uh, uh, wet floor uh, and, on the previous page, which is Shaggy's Shaggy's line from Scooby Doo. <clears throat> yeah, I don't like that. That's not. I don't. I don't think that counts as a nugget. It's a nugget. It's Why are nugget. we mentioning Scooby Doo in this? Uh, because Warner Brothers and Hanna Barbera they are all owned by the same company. So yeah, I guess. I saw. I know. I saw Space Jam. I mean, look, they've had team up movies with Batman and Scooby Doo, so yeah, yeah. No, they were yeah. fun. They're a lot of fun. All right, all right. Well, well. Any final thoughts, Jeff? Before we before we wrap this up. I mean, because because I, I, I feel like I've poo pooed on your parade this entire time, and I, I want you to make well, sure I mean, that that you get you get the positivity out that deserves to be out there. Not really different from any other time that you poo poo on everything else, uh, from my taste and desserts and you know I, other I things. Poo poo on everything. Yeah you, yeah, you pretty much do. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> overall, it was an enjoyable read. But now that you point out all the problems, it's hard for me to enjoy it. So thank you. Um, no, I don't care what you think. Uh, and that's and that's the stance that I carry on video games, movies, TV shows, everything else. Because like, nah, ain't go poo poo on my parade. Um, the art is the absolute star of all of these books. They just nailed every nuance, every expression, just bringing that world to life. Um, in, in comic form was just a just a feast for the senses. Um, I, I just wish that the story had had a bit more cohesion, you know, like these kind of felt like, oh, let's see if we can do this. You know, let's do a crossover with animated series real quick. You know, like I wish it had been a little bit more planned out um, and there had been like, you know, an overall kind of like a bigger scheme 
um, you know, more more stakes, bigger stakes. Um, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of great stuff um, to uh, be had and enjoy uh, with this. Now, this is the only one. There's not another. That's correct. This this is the okay. only one of this of this ilk, and this is the last of the Batman crossovers that we that we will cover, unless of course oh. they make another one or a new animated movie, which they need to hurry the shell sure. up and do it. Yeah, it's it, it. But back to the whole cohesion thing, I I feel like had the, like the big bosses at DC called up the production team and said we need five more issues, they could have easily just sandwiched them between issues like four and five. It's like, oh, this time it's the Riddler. It's like, uh, uh oh, where did where did the penguin end up? Oh, he's somewhere in. He's talking with Bishop, you know, like they could have just milked it for much more than six issues. So I guess their restraint is should be uh, praised in in this case because they really they they built a structure that could have gone on for a very long time. Because there, because yeah. there was no overarching story that that they really were uh, were leading to until they decided, you know what, we're going to bookend it right here. Turns out it was the Mad Hatter the whole time, you know. Yeah. So I guess uh, whatever. It's 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 fine. It's fine. It's great that it exists. I'm glad it exists. And as you said, as we both agree, the art is the star. If you read this for anything, let it be the art. Yeah. Uh, because there there are dozens of panels that you can just take on their own and just marvel at because they, they look great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess that does it for our coverage of Batman. I don't have to talk about Batman anymore, Jeff. I mean, I I talk about Batman all the time. So, you know, I, it's always, a you know, he's he's a ninja. He's an ultimate ninja. Is, uh, Combined with Sherlock a, Holmes. He is a ninja. I, I guess yeah. you're right. He is. Is is that like, has he always been considered a ninja, or is that like a like a recent consider, like revelation? Can, well, no. I mean, I I've always kind of considered him like the ultimate ninja. I mean, batarangs are just another fancy looking type of shuriken. That's true. You know, he's always got gadgets, grappling hooks. You know, ninjas use grappling hooks, smoke bombs, all that stuff. I mean, that's that's it. So now you'll all look at Batman a little differently because you all knew Batman's a freaking ninja. Yeah, he's trained in every kind of martial arts you could think of. You know, uh, his 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 mind and body are physically at their peak. You know, yeah. so like, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now because it doesn't matter, uh, and I don't think anyone's gonna call me on this opinion. But I don't like the Bat Family. Well, the Bat Family is fine. I I I don't mind the characters individually, like each individual Robin and their backstories and how they turned into red hood and Nightwing, like all those individual things are great. And those characters spinning off into their own, you know, stories is a fantastic idea that if they just left it at these characters are separate, I would feel much more comfortable with it. But the fact that they feel like they have to come together and be like, we're a bat family. It's like, no, go away. Stop that. Well, it's very much feeling the the void in in Bruce Wayne's life, you know, I, and, by, that's the, and I don't want that, that void yeah. filled. Like, yeah, no, I'm fine with is it. Defined by his like, he's defined by his his loner, like weirdo rich guy stuff. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't send Batman to therapy and him learn anything. 
you send Batman to therapy and he resists all of the the teachings because that makes the character interesting. Mm. <sighs> like I'm, he's supposed, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm here like he's supposed to have a Robin. That Robin is supposed to die tragically, and he's supposed to be like hesitant to have another Robin for years until he finally decides I'm gonna fine. I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna have another Robin. You know, like yeah. Batman's story is tragic. Don't fix it with a family. It's fine. Well, I will say this, like, you know, when Jason Todd came along, nobody liked him. And and of course, you may or may not know this. There was a a four issue series called Death in the Family, and there was a whole contest. Uh, You we let the fans decide you can kill him or save him. And we all know what happened. And uh, (laughs) they're actually publishing or if they, they might have already done it, I'm not sure. But they're actually publishing and printing the uh, the other if he hadn't died. So that that's kind of a bit that's kind of a major thing. He's yeah. getting married too. So I mean, you know, um, yeah. Again, the individual characters are kind of awesome. I just once they split off from Batman, like once once Robin is gone as Robin, they don't need to have a, a family gathering every time I read a story about Batman. Yeah. Let them do their own thing. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. But again, this isn't a Batman podcast. You don't have to hear me complain about Batman anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. I yeah. do love Batman. Uh, so I guess that kicks us to what's what's our final segment, Jeff? Next time on Shellheads. All right. This was not planned. Well, I guess it was planned, but I, I didn't do it on purpose. Uh, we just talked about a comic based in the 2012 cartoon universe well that's what we're watching next time Ooh. we're going to cover the nickelodeon series uh season four episodes 410 through 418 Ooh, that's a lot of episodes yeah it's, that's as many as we usually watch yeah i know yeah it's it, that's the normal amount and since they're tv we burned through tv real quick so oh yeah um so tune in next time that's what we're doing that episode uh and then and then our regular cadence kind of kicks in. Uh, it'll be a lot of uh, comics, TV, comics, TV, and whenever something special pops up, we kind of fit it in there. Uh, I did, I, I did have tales of the TMNT, the TV show. I, I had that scheduled for like April, but that'll have to change. So, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And uh, if you ha- if anybody has any ideas on a spotlight, a character spotlight that we haven't done yet. Uh, I have a couple in the hopper that I want to do, but I want to make sure we're prepared for them before we do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there's someone that you want us to talk about that we haven't talked about yet, reach out, let us know, uh, which is, I guess, where I say, hey, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, message us. Uh, we want to hear from you. Um, but while I'm I'm, I'm going to be waiting on people to reach out, Jeff, what are you going to be doing? Uh, I'm going to be at the Warp Zone Arcade, Sergio, as always, uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade, uh, where we specialize in birthday parties, um, events, uh, retro game restoration, uh, Twitch streams, uh, and uh, a lot more. Uh, you can play retro games, modern games, uh, all types of good stuff. A lot of, a lot of great stuff coming Uh this year a lot of really uh cool exciting live streams that i'm i'm looking forward to a lot of really cool games um so i i can't stress this enough guys if you if you love video games this is to all of our listeners if you love video games and you like shellheads uh give us a follow on twitch 
we would love to, or at least I would love to interact with you guys while I'm playing games. I know I keep saying we're going to do Ninja Turtle stuff. Uh, it's like, you know, you want to get some other people on there first. Uh, so other people need to get copies of the games. Um, but I would love to interact with you guys and just help, you know, that helps support the channel, help support us, follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram threads. Uh, that's enough, like, you know, pushing my brand uh, <laughs> <laughs> as much as I possibly can. So please show us some support and some love. Awesome. Uh, well, Jeff, thank you for joining me today. Thank you as always, Sergio. Uh, I'm going to go I, get warm. Yes. Yeah. Keep, keep the, keep the furnace running. Cause it's going to be cold for the next couple of days. I've, we've got it on the temperature where it just, it comes on just enough and not like too much. Okay. So Jeff, let's, okay. let's, 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 uh, throw some hot takes out there. What is the perfect thermostat temperature? Go. I think mine said at 72. That's not the question. Not what it's set at. What is the perfect thermostat temperature? You talk about like heat or cold? If Jeff walks into a room, what temperature does he want the room to be? During the summer or the winter? And, and that's different? Yes. Okay. I guess give me both the answers. Summer, it's definitely in the 70s. Okay. Because it's just, we're all, ours is like, you know, it's kind of like that 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 medium. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. <laughs> you didn't answer my question at all. Jeff. I didn't. I'm going to go ahead and say 70. 70 is the right answer. Yeah. Uh, just across the board. Like, if it could just be 70 all the time everywhere, then you would be living in San Diego. But not everyone yeah. can live in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, 70 is the right answer. Good, good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't keep ours at 70 all the time. Like, right now, it's at like 65, I think. Because we do kind of keep it on the on the on the cooler side, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Jeff, again, thank you for joining, or thank you for joining me. Thank you for experiencing all these comics with me, and thank you for podcasting. Thanks everyone for listening, and tune in next time. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff, and we're Shellheads. miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.